Welcome to the Redeemed Vision Podcast, where we bring sight to the blind and freedom to those enslaved by our pornified culture. Here, we dive into hard but important topics, such as pornography, sexual identity, true freedom, real love, and living marriage well. Go deep with us as we uncover what Redeemed Vision means for each of us living in the world today. Come to know yourself, the power of redemption through Jesus Christ, the joy of laughter, and how to live in gratitude and wonder. This is Redeemed Vision. coaching.net. It's an honor to be with you today and share a little bit about beauty. But before we get into that, let's crack into the source of all beauty, God the Father himself. And let's pray. And Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Heavenly Father, we thank you. We praise you. You are good. You are holy. You have created us, male and female, for a reason to witness to your beauty, to your life, to your love. May you guide and bless our time today as we enter into this crazy little thing called beauty that you call us to, um, to surround our life with. For Lord, there are many elements in life right now in this pornified culture that are not of beauty, that are stealing our joy, that are stealing our ability to come to get to know you and see you and enter to union with you. So we may so may we have true discernment today to be able to see this beauty first in ourselves and then in the lives of every person we encounter. And Mother Mary, we entrust this, this entire venture over to you, especially our conversation today. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners, now in the hour of our death. Amen. St. Joseph, terror of demons. Pray for us. God of desire. My desire is for you. Come Holy Spirit. Come now, come as you will. In the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. I am delighted to be joined by one of my, my co-hosts, Mr. Christopher Chen. Christopher, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. We are have entered into... I was talking to you a little bit before the recording came on here. We're on summer vacation. The kids are out of school and the kids are crazy. <laughs> so uh, if anybody here is, uh, I, anybody who's listened to this, you know, is, is dealing with the transition from school, school time kids to summertime kids. And, and maybe you're being, uh, my wife uh, also has to work. So um, being a single father, shall we say, at times, to, uh, to work through that can be a challenge. So just want to encourage here, but also in the midst of that, you know, the struggle there is to, to look to see the beauty there. Not that our children are distractions from what we want to do, but that they're the main, main goal here, that they're the future generation to raise them up with love and goodness. So just to keep that perspective here, and maybe our podcast can be a little o- oasis as maybe you're hovering in some sort of closet hiding from your children just to take a breath and a break from life here, right? So, Mr. Chen, you got any plans for this summer? I do. It's filled with meetings, more meetings, and <laughs> even more meetings. Having been uh, elected as a new officer in Knights of Columbus in my jurisdiction, so I'll be a busy man in addition to my work here at Freedom Coaching, 
and of course, being a husband to my wife, Alana. Amen. Amen. Well, I, uh, I know that you have uh, done some amazing things with the Knights of Columbus um, and winning, winning a few awards, which is really exciting. Uh, what are some of those awards again? So the one I won this fraternal year is the District Deputy of the Year Award. So it's basically, it's, I call it the top supervisor of the year. So we manage about four or five different councils in our area. So I'm sure that that helped in helping me getting elected. But as I said in my acceptance speech, whatever we do in, in this ministry with God's work, he must increase and we must decrease. Amen. Amen. It's not not the truth for all of us, right? And and sometimes sometimes we're recognized for our work, right? And congratulations on that. It's a huge huge deal. Um, and really, especially representing the uh, the Archdiocese of Vancouver. And uh, sometimes though, it's not recognized. But at the end of the day, it's not about us, right? And I think there I think is you know we're we're hinting a little bit on this topic of beauty. Um, and um, that the, there's something beautiful about the hidden work that's on there. People who, uh, whose work will never be recognized, the people who pick up trash in our neighborhood, right? The people who, yeah. um, who are working at your local um, gas station to help get you gas, right? Really sometimes that we sometimes the, the beauty is also in going out of your way and recognizing others. Sometimes that that takes a lot more effort and energy because, you know, in this world where we're, we want about like me, you know, the attention wants to be centered around, you know, ourselves, we want to be recognized, we want the accolades, it, it really takes another level to to recognize others and to celebrate their successes. I find such incredible beauty in that myself. Yeah. Yeah, uh, it, it sounds like uh, Mr. Christopher. Even though you are uh, you are you are relatively newly married, right? It's almost coming up on a year right now. Yeah. Um, you're you're taking a fatherly approach here because it really is when you see your your children go beyond you and do something better. Like then there's that proud papa moment, right? And there's beauty found in that, right? So when you can start doing that, even as a um, as, as just a, as a as just a married man right now i don't want to say that no being a married man is a really important thing because you're called to give up your life there for your bride so she can flourish really important there um for me i'm uh, i'm heading out to uh heading out on a trip in a, about four weeks now we're heading heading up north heading uh, we want to go check out the uh mount uh, uh mount rushmore i've never never seen that uh, obviously, uh, these incredible carvings into the side of the mountain, um, in which you know somebody thought of it one day, and so I want to, I want to drive it there. I don't know if it was the um, Saint, um, what is it, uh, Michelangelo approach. Michelangelo reportedly could see a, 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 a slab of marble, and say, "There's an angel in there, and I want to get him out." So maybe somewhere said, "I see a Teddy Roosevelt in there." And I want to get them out. So <laughs> I don't know if there's that approach. So looking forward to that, looking forward to visiting some with some friends back in Ohio, some friends and family. So um, it should be a good, good trip as we um, as we enter into these uh, these days of summer. So um, so this is your want to... this is your first trip in how many years? Your first vacation, you said? Well, again, remember, uh, 2020 canceled pretty much all vacations <laughs> yeah. for us. So entering into this post-COVID world to do that. So it's been 
Um, actually, in 2000, uh, 2019, my wife and I had the opportunity for our our own um, our own anniversary, our ten year anniversary for our, our marriage, to head down to Amelia Island, Florida, and it has some of the most has the most beautiful beaches in Florida. Um, highly recommend to anybody who's who's looking to travel and um, able to rekindle and re reconnect with my wife um, and really celebrate our our ten years of marriage. So that was really a special trip. Um, and that's one we'll, we'll always remember, and especially the waves of, uh, on the Atlantic Ocean. That was uh, something very, very special. So I'm very thankful yes. for it. Yeah, yeah. So what, what we want to do is just we want to cut in here and, and, and be able to give some principles today for how do we discern what is beautiful and what is not. Right. This is critically, critically important because there's the notion, and this is something that we discuss a lot with our clients of freedom coaching and for, for those who have been struggling with pornography, um, who have never really been taught, never really learned what is beauty. Right. And, and again, if, if it, there's the notion that nature abhors a vacuum and when, when we don't find something that is truly good and that is not not nurtured in us, but it's uh, um, something that we're, we're made for, then that thirst is gonna be there. And if the world is proposing to us septic tanks, then we're gonna go, if, if, there's, if we think there's no other options, well, if there's choice between dehydration and drinking from a septic tank, well, then I'm gonna go for it, right? So Chris, can you share a little bit, you know, if you're, if you're willing here, Share a little bit of kind of um, where are you and your in your past before encountering you know the, the work of of redeemed vision, that search for beauty, and maybe how it, it just wasn't fulfilled. Good question. Where do I start? <laughs> I think growing up as an adolescent, probably before that, there's always this allure to the pornified culture. Now, obviously, growing up now to, to where I am today, I know a lot of that isn't, isn't the truth of what the gospel is preaching. But what do we know when we're 10 years old or even younger than that? Heck, even when I'm 20, it's all about the, the high life, the, the rock and roll music, or in my, my case, the, the hip hop. Even sports, there's always this allure of this masculinity of you know power and, and scoring goals or whatever whatever you call it. Mm -hmm. But I, I remember this, this moment, thinking back to at church, while I was being, you know, completely inundated with this pornified culture at a young age, there was that attraction to that, that so-called church girl, where they're, they're in their, you know, pretty dress and their, their hair is tied up and you see them in prayer. And maybe that was kind of my first exposure to what God is trying to let me to see what true beauty is. But then what is the pornified culture portrayed to us? That's not true is, you know, more skin, more flesh, more whatever you want to call it. So the, when we're in high school, yeah, lust. And when we're in high school, what do we try to look for at that point is more of that. And then if we don't have that at school, then we try to get that through what we watch on TV. And then when the internet comes on, that's all we look for. 
there's just nothing else to it. There's no, there's no identity with those individuals. It's just complete objectification of, of women. And I, when I look back on that, it's like, wow, it's, it's so empty. Why did I spend all that time being sucked into that world? And this is where I feel what the whole redeemed vision process has, has really helped is not only was I blind, but it was also, I was, I said this in a previous episode that I was deaf listening to very secular music that hasn't exactly endeared me in the positive light either. But I, my whole identity was all encompassed in that. Thank God for this program. That's, yeah, no, and that's, a, that's an interesting point, Chris. I mean, because I, I think, you know, I was before high school getting exposed and, and you were in high school, but, but think about today. I mean, we, we did not have the devices that there are today, right? That are in, in the faces. I mean, the average age of exposure is between eight and 11 years of age, if not younger. Um, and and they, they don't, know, don't know better. And especially for parents who are out listening there and you're trying to like wrap your head around this, like how do I preserve the innocence of my children in a world that is, is stalking my children? And, and this is where um, we have to, what we would wanna say is first know what the principles are of, of genuine beauty and then form our children in that, right? But it has to start with us in this. Yes. And we talk about children a lot on this, even if you're not, even if you're not married or you, even if you don't have children right now, right? Because they're the future generation, right? If 40, uh, 20 years from now, right? You're not going to be a young pup anymore. I'm already 40. I can't believe it. I was 15 just the other day, right? <laughs> and so try, <laughs> trying to make it through all this. And um, we have to be able to form the next generation because these are the people who are, are going to be working at the next restaurant, who are going to be uh, taking care of your own trash, who are going to be doing those all those different things here, um, and we want to raise good people in the world, right? And, but but also um, people who are are going to be bringing beauty in their own way, right? When we are living according authentically to who we really are, that's beautiful, right? So. Um, so we want to break into some principles here. So, in, and I'm going to do something very dangerous here, Chris. And we've talked about this. Uh, I talk about this with clients and you talk about it with clients that um, to define as something is very dangerous in our culture. Mm -hmm. Why? Because our culture wants uh, to put no definitions on anything, have no limitations. It's, it's along the lines of, um, of with freedom. With freedom, freedom is the right to do whatever I want the right to choose whatever I want. And what happens is then I can do whatever I want and thinking there's no consequences. Well, go try jumping off a building and I'm not saying to do this, <laughs> but, and, and think and pretend there's no gravity. Well, objective gravity is gonna meet you, okay? And, and what we wanna say is, whereas that's on a physical level, on the moral and spiritual and intellectual level, beauty is just as real, right? And when, when we are, and we're called and we're, 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 we're evoked by beauty in, a many, in many cases, this is one of the simplest ways that God tries to get to us. But from this, um, it's also easy, especially in the world we live in, where the evil one has his finger on the pulse of twisting beauty. And it's, it's worked very, very well because again, nature abhors a vacuum. If we think there is no other real beauty, 
we will fall for the counterfeits. Why? Because we're made for the real thing, which sounds crazy, but it's true. So Christopher, let's do, um, let's get into this and let's dig into um, some definitions on beauty. So I'm going to lay them out and you can provide some color commentary on them. So no pun intended. So <laughs> here, first and foremost, right, the definition of beauty that we want to give is that it's a combination of qualities such as shape, color, or form that pleases the aesthetic senses, especially the sight, right? And Christopher, remember our conversation with Father Loya? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's I hard forget to forget that. that. Yeah. Right. In one of our previous previous episodes, I invite you to go back and listen to him. Um, and and he goes into these different elements. How how did you see him kind of play play around with those different elements to bring out beauty? He kept it very simplistic, but yet there was a lot a room of, for interpretation. And what what Father always used when he was preaching about beauty is he's used a lot of the, the, the gospel and the text there and examples of, of that and how it was originally formed with beauty and not, he never mentioned anything about counterfeits. He never mentioned anything about those falsehoods. He just basically showed this is what beauty is and it's according to the gospel. Yes. And that he, he emphasized a huge part of the word nakedness too. And how that that is need, needs to be seen in a positive light and not this sh shameful thing that that this point of culture has has made it out to be. Yeah, and I think we need that's that's a word that needs to be redeemed. And I think uh, it's obviously a a very important word, a powerful word that uh, I think we're gonna probably pause for another podcast in another time, in a mm -hmm. sense, another episode, shall we say. Um, but that's important, right? But though all those different elements that go into beauty, as I just said, you know, shape, color, form, other elements um, are going to play into that, right? And it's, and then the other one we want to draw on other definition is a combination of qualities that pleases the intellect or moral sense. So we at Re at the Redeemed Vision podcast talk a lot about visual beauty, right? We want to enter into that, but we also have to remember it comes on the intellectual elements of we're reading something that's chock full of truth and it hits us like a sucker punch like oh right or or even you know sometimes a little element of this maybe you know because the, the notion of fake media fake news comes out and we finally hear that they're lying to us so here's the review verse and we're like oh, how dare they right <laughs> i feel i feel like i got hornswoggled <laughs> Back to the 1800s, yeah. right? Because we're built for the truth. We want the truth. And, and truth and beauty and goodness and unity, all four of those go together. And so there's some overlap. But then there's the, the moral sense as well. If you're uh, one of the examples that uh, I use frequently is, is in a beautiful piece of music, right? And, and especially, Christopher, you and I, we, I, I, I didn't grow up with an appreciation of classical music. And I don't know if you're there yet. Uh, but you know, you were into hip hop and thinking, and there was something there that moved us, right? There's, there's energy, there's excitement there. Um, and I think if we had hip hop artists who knew this definition of beauty, perhaps could make an argument for it being beautiful, right? But what we want to say is, in many cases, like hip, the hip hop of the 1990s, okay, Salt and Peppa, or uh, I don't know, uh, Run DMC, that's the 80s, also, uh, right? All of these 
they, they've kind of faded, right? Yes. They haven't, they haven't um, had the test of time to, up, uh, to uphold their, uh, their genre, okay? Um, whereas when you look at classical music, right? The, the masters, Mozart, Be Beethoven, Chopin, right? These have, these have a lasting impact. And it's not just because they're, um, they're a part of movie, movies and television, right? Um, but, but because of the way in which beauty, the principles of beauty are constructed into there. Yes. Right. So has there been that shift in you, Matthew, or are you still stuck in, in, in salt and pepper land? <laughs> I've definitely gotten much more into classical music. Um, it was actually through a very interesting um, experience where I saw uh, a gentleman in rush hour traffic, he was driving a nice sedan and his windows were down. And I can hear him listening to classical music. He seemed like the, the calmest individual I've ever seen. Mm. And that was attractive to me. Yeah. But, but to, your, to your point with, with, uh, with the hip hop music, yes, those artists in the 90s, in, in my era at least, it, it has faded, it hasn't, it hasn't you know, stood the test of time, but I will argue that because of how, I guess, in lack of a better word, how the quality of, of popular music has, in, in at least in, in my generation's eyes, has kind of dwindled, has decreased, that we're hanging on to that generation of R&B and hip-hop music. And that, mm -hmm. to me, when I think about it, sure, I guess in, in, in my definition, it might be considered you know, good music, but it's still a counterfeit regardless. Yeah. And maybe our, maybe it's like as a, as a small child, right? We, we think candy is the, the bee's knees. Yes, I'm dating myself with all these terminologies, <laughs> you whippersnapper, um, <laughs> right? But um, like we think candy is so great, but then as we, we get older, you know, a, a slice off of a really good dark chocolate bar, really just like, Oh yes, and maybe there's maybe there's truth in chocolate. Maybe we'll have a whole common uh, conversation about mm -hmm. that and the beauty the beauty of chocolate, right? But there's something something to that, right? So maybe there is also the this need for a formation of our senses, a formation of our taste to enter in there. But then this is what we want to say is while there is some truth to the fact that you know we we like some form of beauty better than others. What cannot be debated, and this is what we want to lay out for here, that there are objective principles in which we can we can align music, movie, music, um, what we read, visual, visual art, to see is this beauty or is it not? And this mm -hmm. is the message we want to convey with you today, for those who are listening on the Redeemed Vision podcast, that you have these principles of beauty. You're, once you learn these. You can take these and you can apply it to anything that you're perceiving, anything you're listening, um, and it may take time to develop this, but then to be able to cut through any of the baloney, um, yes. any of the counterfeits, right? Um, that's important. That's really important, right? So Christopher, as we teach with, with our clients, do you remember the acronym that we use? That's an acronym. There's a, a, the colors of our flag, of the American flag. Remember what those are? I know you're Canadian, so I got to test you. Red, white, and blue. 
Thank you. Okay, feeling better. Good. He's not <laughs> completely out of the loop. Okay, so red, white, and blue, right? And so we, we have one more color than the Canadians here. And so from here, right, if you can remember red, white, and blue, you can remember this. And we're going to draw from St. Thomas Aquinas, um, who's one of the doctors of the Catholic Church, and, and he calls these the three hallmarks of beauty. Okay, so again, red, white, and blue. So what do you got? So first we find E is going to be radiance. Okay, so radiance means that everything beautiful emanates from the one who is beautiful, who is beauty himself. Okay, that's actually a better way to say it. So there's no beauty apart from participating in God's essence. Easy way to say it is the closer we get to what is truly objectively beautiful, the closer we get to God. Right. I think there's something profoundly profound to this notion. And um, because think of a, a wedding, right? Many people today, right, the, the, the marriage rate has gone down because people just aren't getting married. And all, also that affects the divorce rate. People aren't, uh, the divorce rate is going down because people aren't getting married. And, but, but people still like going to weddings. I'm going to, I'm going to one this way, this, uh, this uh, coming fall. Okay. And members of our team, actually one of our members of our team at the time of this recording um, is being released. He's the father of the bride, Steve Motel, right? And he's going to cry like a baby, I'm sure. Okay. <laughs> so, but there's something that moves us there. Right. And, and so the key question with radiance or red on the red, white, and blue scale is, is the beauty clearly conveyed? Right. Do, do we see it clearly here? So, I'm putting you on the spot, Chris. We didn't talk about this before. And can you think of something that would radiate beauty? There was an instance recently when I did my own version of adoration. And all I did was just pull up the, uh, the image of the Eucharist on my screen. And I just sat there. And something as simple as that, it's if you were me before, you would just get distracted, turn that off or put that on another screen and start doing something else. Yeah. But the more I kept looking at it, the more I felt closer to God. Now it may have been part of my, I guess, improvements with my faith formation, but it was also my desire to, to talk to God at that one point. Mm. And it's something as simple as that, you know, you use the example of a wedding where it's definitely more, you know, you can conceptualize that more as to seeing beauty, but I'm just trying to go back to the, the roots here with adoration and just speaking to God from a very simplistic level. And then everything is in silence. I wasn't like I was, I was listening to music or watching a game on the side when this was happening. When you do that, it doesn't, it doesn't work the same. That was, that's not the intent of adoration. It's you're supposed to talk to, to God in silence. And once I started doing more of that, I feel like, wow, there's, there's so much to be grateful for. Mm. It's, not, it's not this outpouring of, of sorrow and, oh, my life is so terrible. Everything is so bad. Or why can't this go better? It's just this huge sense of gratitude. And I started talking to God that everything is going to be okay. He's got me. He's got my back. He's got a plan. Just have to trust in him and follow in him. And that really radiated with me for someone who's, who is, again, so sucked into that pornified culture that I was able to make that connection that one time. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. That, and in fact, to be able to experience that in, while in adoration, right? And for those who are listening to this, who aren't, aren't sure what adoration is, and the Catholic faith is this beautiful 
uh, time where we get to go before the presence of God and God is physically present to us in many chapels. And I encourage you to look this up. If you're interested, go and it's just time to be quiet there, uh, time to listen. And we, we see here that God's love radiates from the form of bread, which is not bread at all. It is Jesus Christ himself, which is God incarnate here, right? And so thank you, Chris, for, for expressing that and seeing this, seeing this conveyed uh, particularly powerfully there. Right, so that first first one of of, uh, of beauty uh, is is of first key element is that of radiance. So the second one, the white, right, red, white, and blue, is wholeness. So any artwork, and again, we can say a, like a piece of music could also uh, fit in this as well. But any artwork that is beautiful, although never achieving it perfectly, attempts to capture every element of the object imaged. So an easy way to, to a question to always ask, do all the parts serve the purpose of the whole? So I think maybe this plays a little bit, Chris, in, into our, our music, right? Our, um, early, early hip hop, right? That is, has basically not stood the test of time, right? There's, there's elements that they're, they're, they're not talking about the wholeness of reality there. Then in, in the music itself, um, even though it's a catchy beat, um, it's not bringing us to a, a connection to the, the whole of life itself and even unto eternity, right? Whereas look at classical music, for instance, the, um, the pieces transcend time, right? People of, of, all, of all various walks of life, um, various cultures are able to go and experience this. Um, and so like where the opposite I would say would fall into, there's a, a piece of, I, I, I use the term art very loosely. Years ago, um, those uh, years ago in the New York Metropolitan Museum of Art, there was a, a piece of uh, uh, something a um, and uh, an artisan had created, shall we say, of the Virgin Mary, and put on top of that virgin the the, the image, uh, put the elephant dung. Okay, now, if you know anything about the Virgin Mary, yes. She gave birth to the son of God who came to take care of our crap. Pardon the expression, but that's true. He came to take care of sin, which is the deepest garbage of all here, right? But she in herself was the is the was and is the immaculate one, the one without sin. And so if if if, if we understand who Mary is, covering a piece of art with elephant dung would not be fitting. The parts of that don't. Uh, don't communicate that in a, in a, in a, in a, in a full way. So any, any thoughts there, Chris, you'd like to add? I think the definition of, of wholeness when talking about music and if it was something positive and truthful that is, that is leading me, then there's wholeness. But unfortunately, when I listen to that music religiously, it caused me to sin because it started pushing me to lust. And that, that is not wholeness because that is not what God intended us to, to live. And you're using that example of, you know, putting, putting garbage to, to cover, you know, Immaculate Mary. That is, you're trying to cover up the truth in a way, or you're trying to, to stain it, stain the truth. If you look at how, how Mother Mary is, portrayed 
in, in the Bible and the teachings that she is the, the definition of feminism, of womanhood, of mother. That is what we should look towards as, you know, real intimacy. But we don't. We look at counterfeits that lead us to sin, which is thus not making any this type of beauty whole at all. And sometimes that is very true. We get tricked, tricked by the counterfeits, right? Um, within that. But again, the, if we do not know what the principles are, it's much easier to be duped by that. And you and I, right? We were never taught this, and so we thought like it just hearing a sound in a, you know, as long as it made made radio play, what was determined by music companies to be, um, uh, it's on, to be worthy of the radio. This must be good. So let's listen to it. And, and obviously, as we find in there, it wasn't given the whole truth about the meaning of, of the body, the meaning of sexuality, right? Uh, you know, uh, let's talk about sex, baby. Let's talk about you and me, right? Yeah. We're not the, I don't think any of us growing up were like, man, that, that brings me to want to ponder what is the meaning of God's plan for human sexuality. No, it's about the counterfeit there, right? And I know that somewhere along my, my sexual miseducation, that clearly was there. Uh, that 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 played a, that song played a part there, right? At least got me thinking about the world's version of of lust instead of God's beautiful plan for the body and sexuality, right? And you can you can we can we can say that you know in high school as a joke that 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 song phrase you just said. Let's talk about sex, but imagine saying that now to your wife in in a serious context. They'll think you're crazy. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> well. It might be, let's talk about sex and a baby, honey. Ah, right? That's where we... <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so maybe, okay. Chris, I know you're new into marriage. Maybe maybe that'll be your song that you can start singing to your wife. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm not saying, and we're picking on salt and pepper. I hope that they're doing well wherever they are. But, I, you know, it's one of the one of the pieces that, whatever. Uh, I don't know if piece is the right word here as we're pulling out here. But um, to use that as an example. So you got radiance, you got wholeness, and then you get to blue, red, white, blue, you get balance. So what does balance have to do with, with um, the hallmarks of beauty? So balance means here that art must strive to effectively communicate a balance between the image presented and the subject it attempts to portray. So the question that's asked that we need to ask is, is there harmony between not just all the parts, but also between the whole subject, object, and its surroundings, okay? So here we find, in this, in this, in this element, like uh, it's, it's, we have a duty, especially as you know, if you're an artist, to not simply just put something on the wall or, or not simply throw notes together and call it art, right? It has to communicate not just a wholeness in itself; it fits and it works together, but also the context in which it's bringing out, right? Are we really trying to? Are we simply creating for mere dollars or mere financial gain? Or are we trying to transcend something that's going to last and go beyond? Yes, I get about with, with artists, they need, to, they need to eat, they need to feed their family. So they may cr create like a commercial jingle, right? Um, any of us can think of uh, a famous commercial that you might be, uh, might have gone that's stuck in, that becomes catchy. And then we begin to think about that thing and then we wanna go buy that product, right? That's a good, that, 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 that could be a good thing as long as it's a legitimate, legitimate product, right? Um, 
But when we're talking about genuine art and genuine music, right, is it, is it bring us into a, a full context of the truth about, about reality or is it not? So let's pick on salt and pepper again, right? The vision of human sexuality that they're presenting, right, is just not true because we're, we are more than just mammals. We're more than just um, our bodies. We're made for complete union, especially on earth with in, in marriage, but then complete union with God. Any commentary there? You know, that hook in that song by Salt and Pepper, they did, they did say, let's talk about all the good things and all the bad things. So I think maybe the, the writer maybe had intentions, may have had intentions of portraying that message in, in that light. But obviously when you put, you know, the drums and the music and the videos, obviously got, you know, totally sidetracked. But I think about balance, I'll use this more extreme example that we probably don't tend to think about a lot is when artist is drawing, is trying to draw from a, a live naked model. And Father Loya talked about this because he experiences, you know, having, being an artist himself, he, he says at that point, you're, you're totally focused on trying to, to do your drawings and, and doing your interpretation. How he said that, you know, the, the models that are, you know, more imperfect, they have like wrinkles and imperfect shapes are, are seemingly more interesting to, to draw because there's, there's more to see. And I'm not an artist myself in, by any means as a, as a drawing or a painter, but that is something I, I would like to experience once in my lifetime. Not so much do I, do I think I can draw something, but maybe it's kind of like the after, after the session where I like to see where my thoughts are, have been taken and to also talk to the model herself to, to ask her about her opinion about this line of work that that she's doing and trying to get to know her as as a person i think that that balance is is really tested there because if, if you're been blind and you can't see intimacy or, or love properly when you when you see a naked image the first thing you're going to start thinking is 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 all these emotions of you know lost and things that we shouldn't be thinking, but we do because we can't control ourselves. But, but now as, as someone who can see properly, as, as an artist, I would like to see how, how I would emotionally feel because I've never experienced that myself. I think it'd be, be worthwhile to, to experience one day to, to see how much further I can, I can improve upon in terms of my, my vision and seeing real intimacy. Yeah, and, and you you raise an interesting point. I mean, because I think especially in our in our in our pornified culture that has associated nakedness with lust, right? Then what 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 throws a whole wrench into that whole conversation? What about artists? What about the artists that are doing um, are doing life drawings that are going and going up and, and bringing it out? And and Father Loya has talked about this, and and other other artists have talked about that. You know, it may be weird for the first five minutes, but then you're really studying the person, not as an object, but as a subject. Whereas pornography completely objectifies, critically important here. So within this whole perspective is um, we, have to, we have to look at this here in, in, in bringing this, and obviously that's, that's a, a very niche uh, way to take these principles of these three hallmarks of beauty. But for you, the listener who are hearing this, um, the you can take these principles in any image you're seeing, in any piece of music that you're is being presented to you, 
is radiance, wholeness, and balance here? And it may take uh, some time to adjust to this language, especially if this is new, but the more that you, you are able to identify these principles in what is, then when the counterfeit is presented, you can reject it. And so if we're doing this ourselves, then we can also teach our children this. And this is really important for the future of humanity. So any final thoughts, Mr. Chen, as we close up this section? I'm curious to see what my definition of beauty will be years down the road when I've seen more. And potentially, if I may have my own children and I see other, other couples get married and and unfortunately, just, just based on the world that we live in, to see what, what happens if I'm immersed into more of this pornified culture we're surrounded with, how I'm able to interpret that and, and, and not use that to cause me to sin like it did when I was younger. I think what, what else is important too is standing our ground, especially with the work that we're doing as to what genuine beauty is. Mm. That being being examples, being, being this... Uh, disciples of the work that we're doing, this ministry, the spiritual warfare, we're going to get a lot of resistance. We're going to get individuals that's going to, to challenge our, our point of view. But our, our perspectives aren't derived from thin air with, with no research. This is from the beginning of time, from, from the Bible and the teachings. It's not anything that we created. So that's something I definitely do look forward to in, in my formation. And I definitely am very blessed to be surrounded by great men and, and women and freedom coaching to help me on this journey. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Christopher, for, for sharing that. And now on the Redeemed Vision podcast, we'd like to turn our attention to our Theology of the Body corner with our uh, great uh, expert on this and or trying to be an expert, all of us, I should say, is Ms. Leah Johanny. Thank you, Steve. Um, so in line with what we've been talking about this podcast about the three hallmarks of beauty, um, I figured to pull, I pull from John Paul II's general audience, 614, uh, and he actually talks about the negative impact of when those aspects of beauty aren't portrayed correctly. So we'll go into that a little bit. Starting with the quote here. We cannot forget this point, not even when we consider the issue of the wide sphere of art, above all, when it has the character of a visual image or show, and likewise, when one is dealing with mass culture, which is so significant in our times because it is connected with the broadcasting technology of audiovisual communication. The question arises when and in what case this sphere of man's activity from the point of view of the ethos of the body should be accused of pornovision just as some writing has been and is being accused of pornography. The one as well as the other happens when one oversteps the limit of shame or of personal sensibility with regard to what is connected with the human body, with its nakedness, when in a work of art or by audiovisual media, one violates the body's right to intimacy in its masculinity and femininity, and in the final analysis, when one violates that deep order of the gift and of reciprocal self-giving which is inscribed in femininity and masculinity across the whole structure of being human. This deep inscription or rather incision is decisive for the spousal meaning of the human body. That is for the fundamental call it receives 
that of forming the communion of persons and of participating in it. So as we have talked about with the three hallmarks of beauty that need to be uh, represented, um, especially when it comes to the body, when we talk a lot about with pornography, especially in our world, where it breaks away from those um, is it takes away from the true beauty of the body as being created in the image and likeness of God. And objectively looking at the body, the beautiful aspects of how the body is created, and then that inner deeper meaning of the human person that's supposed to radiate forth from that. And beauty and art, when it captures beauty, needs to capture all of these aspects that radiating forth of God, the one who is beauty and in perfect wholeness, as perfect as it can be, um, because we can't achieve anything perfectly in our you know, world, but striving to it and then in good proportion. So trying to capture all of those things is when true beauty is portrayed. And as Pope John Paul II has pointed out, and as we do know, anything that takes away from any of those aspects is not beauty. And this is especially seen in our pornified culture nowadays with, with the influx of you know, sexuality in a wrong way portrayed and a degradation of the human dignity um, of the body. Absolutely. Excellent analysis. And I don't know if, uh, for those who are hearing this, this is, a, I think this is a paragraph to go, to go back to again and again in this, because the, the there's so much uh, adept here. And if, and if you didn't catch this, we're so used to using the term pornography, but the, the actual uh, most uh, appropriate and precise use is that of porno vision. Pornography is actually the writing of prostitutes, right? And whereas you would see that the visualization of that writing you know, to a degree. And what we find here is, I think as, as Leah had gone through and, and, and broken out here, at, at root here, why it's so damaging and why it's so contrary to these principles of art is it's a violation of the gift. The person is entrusting themselves to us. And when they're not, uh, when, when that is not being taken care of, then the person gets harmed. And in fact, the one who sees them gets harmed that way because they're not, we're, we're called to receive all the person and love them. And what's happening here is love is being damaged if not destroyed in that moment. Well, thank you very much, Leah, for that insight. And now, like normal, we go to something a little more serious. Mr. Ricketts, do you have something to share with the class? You know, Steve, unfortunately, I've been having problems with my appliances. Oh, no. You know, What's just wrong? the other day, I, I thought the dryer was shrinking my clothes. It turns out it was the refrigerator all along. Oh, man. You should probably get somebody to uh, catch your refrigerator. It might be running. And that's the only time I would exercise if I'm running after it. <laughs> indeed, indeed. And with that said, um, that's just a little levity here as we get into, we've been some, some serious notes here. Um, and we want to um, introduce to the worldwide web and the, the world at large that we have an addition to the Freedom Coaching family. And his name is Saul de Alba. And I was introduced to him from a very good priest friend, Father Gregory Gresco, 
who said, I've got this guy you've got to talk to. Um, he has incredible hair, but also some really amazing ideas about life. And we wanted to have him here on the Freedom, on the Redeemed Vision podcast to share a little bit of his experiences of, of, of in, uh, finding about out about freedom coaching and coming to work here um, and to enter into this, this ministry. So Salda Alba, welcome to the Redeemed Vision podcast. Hey, Steve. Uh, thank you very much for the introduction. I'm glad to be here. And uh, well, if I have to introduce myself, I think the first thing and the most important thing I would have to say is that I met Jesus in 2009 uh, when I was 17 years old. And uh, since then, my my life changed. Uh, my mind changed everything changed. And um, well, that's, that's why I chose a career in, in family sciences at the John Paul II Theological Institute in Mexico, right? Because I wanted, I wanted to study something that would give me the tools to spread the word, to evangelize, to help, to help others meet Jesus, to help others heal. And that's what I studied. Um, so I graduated uh, 2019. I spent a year doing other stuff. I was a teacher. And then uh, last, well, this year, this, this year, I, I decided to come to the U.S. from Mexico. I mean, I was, I was born here, but lived most of my life in Mexico. So I decided to come back to the U.S. And uh, I landed in Austin, Texas. Uh, I didn't know anybody, but I was just uh, confident in the Lord that something would come up. I had to wait for a few months uh, because nothing was coming up and I was starting to run low on my bank account. Uh, but yeah, thanks to God, thanks to his providence. It was hard. I knew, I knew uh, the Lord had something prepared for me, even though it really got hard, you know, uh, maybe not starting to doubt his providence, but, you know, started to get uh, a bit afraid, started to get a bit sad because I couldn't, I just couldn't find work. And then that email happened, right? And Father uh, Greg introduced me to Steve. And well, here, I don't know, I don't know, we just, uh, we had a conversation, I got invited, and I'm, I'm, I'm glad. I'm glad this is what the Lord had for me, because uh, in 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 freedom coaching, I can do exactly what what I intended to do. Right? It's I can evangelize. I can spread God's love, and also I can help people heal. So uh, I I couldn't be happier. And I saw it's been an honor to to get to know you over the the few months that we've been we've been in communication and to see you go to work uh, with clients is nothing nothing less than a privilege. Um, and the other important thing for our. Um, our audience didn't know. Saul is uh, a way better Spanish speaker than I am. I'm, I speak English, a little bit of uh, bad Spanish and, um, and a little bit of bad English. That's my claim to fame, but Saul is really good in English and Spanish. So um, this is opening um, a new pathway for and, and can help us traverse new trails. 
uh, to be able to help out many more people who are dealing with this. So if you're listening to uh, listen to this podcast and, and there's someone you know, you know, who is, is much better with, with Spanish than English, Saul um, is somebody that we definitely want to connect you with to be able to, to speak with him and to get uh, the help that they need so they can go and live this genuine internal freedom to experience genuine beauty. So Saul, an honor and a privilege to have you, my brother. Thank you. Thank you to all. You're welcome. Well, with everything that's been said and shared today on this podcast, we want to encourage you to enter into a spirit of genuine beauty, to know that there, while there can be pre preferences um, for what we like or don't like about art and, and beauty, there is a genuine um, way to see. There's a genuine, uh, print. there are genuine principles of beauty in which we need to be formed in. And once the, the more we're formed in this, the things that are not lose their power. And that's an important aspect looking at our culture that tries to tell us that there is no difference between anything we see and just go and go and see whatever you want to. What, what we want to say is there's a better way here. And so for all of us at the Redeem Vision podcast, we want to thank you for joining us today. We encourage you to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, um, on Twitter at Redeem Vision. Uh, to please share this podcast, to like it uh, wherever you are, are, are seeing it, and to spread the word especially because um, this message is very timely and very needed for a world that is looking for hope. I am Steve Picorni of Freedom Coaching, and until next time, this is the Redeem Vision Podcast. The Redeemed Vision Podcast is an outreach of Freedom Coaching. To learn more, check out freedom-coaching.net and follow us on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, and Moody.